All right. We have a part two, a rare labeled as part two episode of this fake television show, Dominique. And look who it is. It's 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 your boy. I'm gonna call Bill your boy now. Oh, of course he is. I mean, yes, you, normally you say your boy about somebody that you don't want to claim. I will happily claim Bill Barnwell. He's a genius. Major upgrade in finances here, moving from Pablo to Dominique in terms of dad. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Uh, just also dad, a in, lot of college that of... I have to get to. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of literal finances, to be very clear here. Um, <laughs> Alabaster, where are we going to yeah, put Bill's brain to work first? So we have to start with the shock in the NFL today, and that is the Bills loss to the Jets. It didn't just blow up what we thought of the Bills to the team. It blew up the MVP picture. And my question is, how do you view the NFL MVP picture now? Wait, is that what we're doing? We've, we're, we're exploding the NFL MVP race, which means that – Josh Allen, because he just, his team lost by three, mm -hmm. 20 to 17 to the Jets. That, that's what happens, Bill? Absolutely. That's what happens. This is a one-week universe we operate in, Pablo, especially on these fine shores here at Debatable. Absolutely. Josh Allen should not be taken out of the MVP race altogether. But, of course, there's a major conversation to be had about Josh Allen at the very tippy-top of the National Football League already before this game kind of saw some moments where Josh Allen was throwing a few too many interceptions, a few too many catchable passes for the other team. And then in this game, it bounced back even further. Two fumbles and those two interceptions in this game cost the Bills. They didn't add enough points as the game went on. And the Jets made it their way all the way back, rode that short field from the second Allen interception into a touchdown and won this game. And to me, as good as Josh Allen is, is his best. And of course, we know Josh Allen is an incredible football player. When we're comparing him to the guys at the very top of the NFL, he's turning the ball over more often than the other guys in that mix. Yeah, I mean, he he's he gets talked about in the Mahomes conversation. Like, we have those two up there next to each other as kind of the next two heir apparent to take over the league, the rivalry mm -hmm. that's going to define the next decade of football. And there is a yes. difference. Josh Allen at his best can be as good or better than Mahomes at times. Mm -hmm. But Josh Allen at his worst is something that we see occasionally, less and less often now, but it feels like it's something we never see from Mahomes. We don't see him, mm -hmm. with the exception of the second half of that playoff game last year, which even in that situation, he made some questionable decisions mm -hmm. we don't see it nearly as often uh from from Mahomes as Josh Allen and I you brought up interceptable passes it's something that a lot of us have noticed for Josh Allen through the course of this season mm -hmm. and a lot of people seem to act like those don't exist if you don't catch them they don't matter but the problem is when they do catch them they do matter which is why mm -hmm. some of us track them and respect them and we saw what happened uh in this game the first one was really inexplicable. I think Josh Allen, who I think is one of the biggest people on any field he steps on, couldn't mm -hmm. see around the rusher and didn't see that there was a defender there and just dropped it in his lap. It's the type of stuff that you don't expect from an MVP. Losing a game is fine. Having a bad game is also fine. But you're not going to win the MVP when you have games like that. If he has any more like that, which he actually played in a way where he could have had games like that previously, mm -hmm. But then we had the drop interception. So everyone's like, no, Josh Allen's the man. And I'm guilty as anybody else. Well, it does seem I'm getting a distinct strain of finally we can say this stuff out loud from both of you. <laughs> it feels like this has been building up. And Dominique just went full on some of us. 
<laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, Bill's been saying it out loud for a while. I mm. haven't because I came for Josh Allen a long time ago, so I need to wait really, <laughs> really, pa- need to be really, really patient. I do not have the credibility to go interceptable passes. Not with Josh mm. Allen, not at this point. I got to wait for some real interceptions before I say. <laughs> yeah, Bill, so. Bill, let us launder our criticisms through you oh, and your you. credibility, please. Yeah, what are you seeing here that's different? Like, is this is this something that we're learning about this guy that we did not know before? I, I don't think we're learning something new in as much as just we're seeing a guy who is supremely confident, right? I mean, that second interception, I, I don't think Josh Allen never saw Sauce Gardner. I don't think he yeah, thought, he I can't throw this pass. I think he just saw... Yeah, I see him, and I'm going to throw it over him because I'm Josh Allen, and I can hit any window I want. And frankly, if I was as talented as Josh Allen, if I was a tenth as talented as Josh Allen, I would be irrationally, inappropriately confident in my abilities. Josh Allen thought he could fit that ball in, and he did not fit that ball in. And I think defenses, as much as they struggle with Josh Allen as a passer and especially as a scrambler, I think defenses do sit there and say, hey, if we have any shot, to stop Josh Allen in this game, it's to try and lure him into a throw that we think we can beat him if he tries to make that pass. And we saw that happen on the second interception in this game. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's outrageous for anybody if you think that it's like really harsh criticism of Josh Allen. I don't think that's what we're Mm -hmm. doing at all. It just like it brings into into relief the difference between him and Mahomes. And I'm saying this Mm -hmm. while the Mahomes game is going on. Please, Patrick, don't fumble (laughs) twice and throw two interceptions and lose. That's going to be really embarrassing because I know Charlie's not going to let us edit this out. But, I mean, Josh Allen's season last year was not an MVP caliber season. The season before that was. He -hmm. had a playoffs that he won the playoffs last year. Like mm-hmm. that, that was what resonated for all of us was he threw for, what, six touchdowns on the Patriots, and then he dueled with Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and played well enough to win that game. I felt myself walking away from last year's playoffs saying he has arrived, yeah. but I kind of had forgotten all the things that happened in the season. Even though it was a good season, it wasn't a great season. And now he started out this season. Big numbers were like, damn, that dude's special. But then, the, I mean, the it's a lot like when you hear people talk about – um. Lamar Jackson, I guess, is mm-hmm. there are there are negatives. Like nobody's perfect, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes. Again, yes, everyone has like everyone has drawbacks. Unless he throws two yeah. interceptions in the intervening yeah, period yeah, that we're right, talking, right. which is not going to happen. Yeah, this, which this, could never happen. This conversation, this conversation never happens. Yeah, if so like happens. it's it's not fair. It's not or it's yeah, it's not fair to pretend like he's not allowed to make mistakes or he's not allowed to have bad games or, or also mm-hmm. he's not allowed to have weaknesses. Like yes, he has weaknesses. And one well, of his weaknesses is that he's so damn good that he makes incredible passes 60% right. of the time. And then sometimes people catch those incredible passes. Mm-hmm. And if he, if the rest of the team does not overcome that, they're going to lose. It's okay. So look, Bill, the backdrop, though, for all of this, right, is that he is gaining confidence to the point where his behavior now is framed as – confidence and excess of skill as opposed mm. to what it was before yeah. which mm. was the same thing but incompetence that was the <laughs> point that was the me. point as bill frame bill politely framed this as he makes these throws so often that he thinks he can make these throws mm. he was making those throws before he could make those throws <laughs> is the thing the new thing is that he's consistently hitting yes. them more often than not and we should give the jets some credit 
They're really, well, I was going to really... ask too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Sauce Gardner, who Dominique obviously loves, but also the Jets' defense that sacked him five times mm-hmm. against four fewer rushers, right? A career high or a low in that sense for Josh Allen, like uh, yeah, rock bottom type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, how good are the Jets now? Is the question that I think we have to pivot to. I don't want to have to say the Jets offense led by Zach Wilson is good on video. I really don't (laughs) want to do that if I don't have to. I like the receivers. I think Michael Carter played really well in this game. And I think the defense is legit. I've kind of picked on them for playing a bunch of backup quarterbacks. Josh Allen is not a backup quarterback. Josh Allen is a legit MVP candidate and has played like it for the vast majority of the season, even with those interceptable passes or even with those minor issues here and there. And they slow down. Josh Allen throughout this game with pass pressure and with coverage. And it's really hard to do both those things. Josh Allen, really the best thing he did in this game was scramble. He really was not doing much as a passer throughout this game. And I think the NFL season as a whole, I think the story that's sort of come into vision for me as the season has gone on is just, oh my God, every single team needs Odell Becker. And (laughs) for the Bills in this game, this was another example. Stephon Diggs, had that big play early on that double move, set up the first, the first touchdown of the day or first score of the day. And after that point, was pretty quiet. Sauce Gardner did a good job. It wasn't always Sauce Gardner on Stephon Diggs, but when Stephon Diggs wasn't making plays, the Bills didn't have that second guy to get open and make plays. And maybe that's a spot for Odell Beckham to make a difference when he's not playing for one of six other teams who also desperately need Odell Beckham to come in and save their seasons. Yeah, that um, double move, Sauce was a, a bit too aggressive in cover three, and they play a lot of zone, which like surprised me given like how good Sauce Gardner is in, in his particular build, but they play a lot of zone. Reed on the other mm-hmm. side of the corner was really good also, but they didn't have to blitz that much. And I think that's the scary thing about Stefan Diggs is when you either play straight man or you blitz, which puts you in some sort of effectively you're in man coverage, mm-hmm. and then Stefan Diggs is too quick for just about any corner in the league. They didn't really have to do that, and that was – I think a credit to their defensive line, able mm-hmm. to find ways to get pressure. And also they like sack Josh Allen, which I know sounds stupid. It's not just getting pressure, but actually being able to bring yes. that yes. towering human being to the ground mm-hmm. is an accomplishment every time you do it. So that's something that not all teams have been able to do. It will shrug you off and make a big play as a result. But yeah, having corners matters. Most important position on the field. I can sense just the tension between Dominique's pet theories, right? Number one, cornerbacks rule. Number two, the alpha receiver as the key mm-hmm. to victory, right? Like these are the it's things no that were watched unfold in that second half where Stefan Diggs had zero catches. Right. I, I don't feel like there's any tension that just reinforces my pet theory. Is that uh, having a number one receiver really matters. And if you have a really great corner who can slow that receiver down, you stink. Also, by the way, like it's incredible that Sauce Gardner is this good as a rookie because even great cornerbacks struggle. Yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, Dominique and Bill, I mean, yeah, this seems rare. There are some exceptions. There are some players who peak as rookies and then decline slowly as the rest of their career goes on. But most typically, players struggle as rookies and then improve shortly thereafter. Even Darrell Rivas struggled as a rookie. I mean, I think Sertan's really good and really young. I think part of it is the league changed a lot. And this is another one of my pet theories. The league changed a lot. Um, Like in the early 2000s, the rules changed. And it made it very hard to play defensive back. And all the defensive backs that were in the league and Mm -hmm. all the cornerbacks that were coming into the league grew up 
with a different set of expectations and a different set of rules. Like I mm-hmm. kind of feel like this generation of cornerbacks is kind of the first generation of corners that grew up in playing football with the expectations as they are. So the, the athleticism was always there, but like the repetitive actions and the understanding how things work wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why some of these young corners are coming into the league and playing well early and are more comfortable with like the back sort of fade, something we've talked about before in my podcast is like, the whole concept of like playing chess to the sideline and trying to run full speed with someone down the field is something that we've never coached. You were either at your chest, like towards the receiver or you were mm-hmm. turning and running. Now they're like playing in between. It's something that sauce does really well. And it's the only way you can cover the back shoulder fade, which like I routinely gave up. Cause I was like, I, nope, nope. <laughs> No, you're, if you're not going to go 85, so you could have his 12 on his back shoulder mm-hmm. because, like, it's just not something that we practiced or considered until people started doing it, and it was too late. So I guess with the Jets then at 6-3, and three, with mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner, as described, being the evolutionary next phase of Dominique Foxworth. Oh. Like, Slight, slightly okay. taller Dominique Foxworth. Dominique Foxworth, oh. slightly less stooped. He's getting bigger. He's a lot cooler right. than I ever was, too. Like, he just I'm jealous yeah, of it. Sauce, just, sauce really is, yeah. I mean, hard to compete with, just as as a branding issue, which raises the issue of, like, okay, Bill, is Sauce Gardner now, like, in the MVP race? What does this look like? I mean, what's the give, – give us, give us where we are now with Bill and Josh's relationship now clearly on the rocks. I'm, you know what? Josh is going to be fine. He's going to have a couple good games, and we're going to forget this ever happened. Nobody yeah. at the end of that playoff run last year, nobody said, mm, Josh Allen looked like the most terrifying football player who's ever lived, but he did lose to the Jaguars in October, so I don't think he's that good. Nobody right. said that, nor should they have. But mm. Patrick Mahomes has been more consistent, and I think the other guy who has been more consistent – Say who it. seems to not get involved in this discussion for some Say reason. It's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He happens to be the starting quarterback of the only undefeated team in the National Football League and an offense that's built around his strengths and that he plays so well at that they don't really need him to score most of the time in the second half of game. So I think if I was picking one player to win a game against aliens, I'd pick Patrick Mahomes. But I think you can make a case that Jalen Hurts has been the best player in football during the first half of the season. Yeah, now we get down to the the magic that is the MVP question is like, what does it actually mean? Because sure. if I'm picking one player to, to win, I'm definitely not picking Josh Allen because he is an alien and he would sabotage the game because he wants the alien skin. Pull, so, pull off the jersey yeah. and it's just going to yeah. be alien skin? Oh, yeah. He would unzip and- his skin and just, it's an alien inside there. Clearly, he hurled a man two weeks ago, guys. Never forget, <laughs> never forget that MVP level quarterback jumped over a human being in the uh, Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incidentally, I do feel like us ever defining value in this context would be to sabotage our entire industry. Because <laughs> why define the terms of a debate that you don't actually want to ever end? <laughs> no. Um, Tyree kills MVP. Ooh. There it is. I'm just setting you up a segue for you, Pablo. Ooh, okay. Wait. Speaking of Tyree kill, <laughs> what's next, Alabaster? So the next question I have for you guys is about these star wide receivers that moved this offseason. Mm-hmm. And it is, why did the Tyree Kill trade work, but the Devontae Adams trade didn't? Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, let's get messy. Let's get a little messy here. Let's get into some relationships, some household dynamics. What's at play here? The coach. 
That's that's the first one, right? It has to be. Yeah. Like Mike McDaniel is a lot better at using Tyree Kill than Josh McDaniels is at using Devontae Adams. That S. Adam that S. Use. That S. The difference is, is the S. That S is weighing him down. It's the problem. He can't think that well because he got an S lingering on the back of his name and is causing remember, him a, a lot of trouble. You remember when the Jags had that uh, had that plank of wood in their locker room and they had the punter <laughs> chop the wood and he chopped his, he yes, chopped his foot remember, like his foot? I do remember That's that. What, they need to have a ceremony in the Raiders locker room where Josh McDaniels chops that S off. <laughs> you got to get rid of that S, man, because that <laughs> – I mean, that S is getting in the way of great play design, attacking deep down the field. Like, I was looking at the stats just to try to figure out an answer to this question. Mm -hmm. And they throw a lot of passes, zero yards or less. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the um, the Dolphins attack downfield. And that's one of the big differences in the stats is, surprisingly, statistically, these teams uh, aren't that different. But mm -hmm. the one big difference is uh, yards per attempt and also, like, attempts of zero, zero yards or fewer. It's mm -hmm. just like you're wasting plays. You know how people say you don't run the ball or you shouldn't run the ball? That very often because those are opportunities that are missed to have, like, a big passing play. Mm -hmm. They're doing the same thing. It's just they're throwing it out there like, hey, let's throw a zero-yard pass when we got possibly the best receiver in football mm -hmm. and the best tight receiving tight end and a really good slot receiver, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, they've had injuries this year. It has It's been Adams at times. I know last week there were rumors that he had COVID and he was sick. And so people wanted to come up with excuses for why he had a bad game. But the reality is the, the, the Dolphins do such a good job of integrating the offense around Hill and Waddle and their ability to get downfield. And the Raiders don't do that with Devontae Adams. There's just not the sort of reliable opportunities for him within the context of that offense. And I think we can say there are cars on a good enough quarterback. I don't think that's true. I think he's fine. You can say the offensive line is bad, but the Dolphins' offensive line is not that good. If anything, given that um, Darren Waller has been hurt, given that Hunter Renfro has been kind of in and out of the lineup this year, there should be an even bigger opportunity for Devontae Adams to be the focal point of this offense. And yet, even though Tyree Kill is sharing the primary role with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill is having casual, like, 140-yard games where it's like you sort of just take it for granted. I mean, That's is why that MVP? Yeah. Is right that part of the? Is yeah. I mean, is that part of the answer? Is that Jalen Waddle is available and effective? That's what I was going to ask about, right? Like the fact. I mean, look, Mike McDaniel, who yes, leave off the last S for Savings, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that he has Tua back, the fact that he has Jalen Waddle right alongside. I mean, it, it, Dominique, man, like he was. I, Hill was putting well, up numbers when Tua wasn't in there, mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. he's, He's pretty good, and that's partially because of Mike and it's partially because of Jalen, but it's also a huge part. Tyreek Hill is really good, and mm -hmm. I know we weren't allowed to say he was the best receiver in football for the past several years because he was playing with Patrick Mahomes, but I would wake up in cold sweats, even though I hadn't played in years, thinking about trying to guard him. It's like impossible. It's something we talked about a bunch in the offseason on Get Up where we don't have anything else to talk about. So we're just like, who's the scariest receiver in football? <laughs> I would routinely say Tyreek Hill because of his acceleration and quickness. Like, you know, normally get one or the other. It's like mm -hmm. people are straight line fast as hell or they're quick as hell. And or like they can do both, but they really can't track the ball well. They don't have great hands. He like does all of the things that stress me out the most as a defensive mm -hmm. back. It's like, all right. 
you're a short area quickness guy. That's fine. I'll sit on you short. I'll take away one side or the other and we'll live with the result. Oh, you're also the fastest human being that ever lived. <laughs> and you can go from a complete standstill to top speed in no time. Oh, and again, yeah, you're a little short, but nah, you attack the ball and track it in the air as well as anybody in the game. Like he's really freaking good. Might be the mm -hmm. answer is that he's actually the better player. Bill, my favorite genre of uh, off-season television mm -hmm. is dream analysis. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> what does it say about me? That yeah, I what does it say about me that my teeth are falling out? Can we debate that uh, on Get Up next time? Yeah, I'll find out. I mean, is it a, is a I... cheetah? Is a live cheetah pulling your teeth out? If so, it means you are also scared of Tyreek Hill. I, I, I did have a dream this weekend that I had to go back to work at the call center I worked in immediately after college and nothing wrong with working in a call center, but I am very concerned that if I give the wrong answer to this question, that's where I'm going. I think that's an anxiety dream strictly related to debatable. Pablo? I, I will say, Dominique, that Bill Barnwell, previously having worked at a call center, explains his level of patience with us better than I ever <laughs> possibly imagined. You got to get that sale, Bill. Got to get that sale. <laughs> I, I, I am really doing tech support for all of the NFL, I think, on a week-to-week -week basis, depending on what column I'm writing. Uh, Alabaster, what's up? Oh, gosh. So, make us talk about the question again. Mm -hmm. No, if you flip Tyreek and Devontae, how do you think their seasons would be? Ooh, I, I, I mean, Devontae, just to refresh people's memories, right? Yeah. Devontae Adams was the man we said was the best receiver in the NFL, or some of us you said. to sure. go passive aggressive. Sure. Uh, some of us said that. Um, so, yeah, what, what, what changes do you think? I think what changes is that Terry Kill is better on the Raiders than I think Devontae Adams would have been or ha has been on the Raiders so far. But I don't think it really changes what the trade did for the Raiders. And I think that's the big issue here. It's not, it's not really about the players to me as much as it is the reality surrounding those players. The Dolphins had already traded, or sorry, had already used a lot of their draft capital from the Laramie Tunsil trade. They traded a couple of those picks, of course. They traded up for Waddle. They traded one for Bradley Chubb recently. But they already had a core of young talent on that roster that was going to have to thrive this year, regardless of whether Terry Kill played like a superstar, whether he played like a pretty good player, or whether he got hurt and was miserable the entire year. They were going to have to succeed independent of that, and they have. A lot of those players have gotten better. A lot of those players are playing at a high level. And for the Raiders, the opposite is true. They traded the one and a two after the John Gruden hour, where basically every one of their first and second round picks either got hurt, was terrible, or had terrible off-field incidents happen. Yeah. And so that core of talent, those young guys who are supposed to be the bulk of that roster, are not there. That's why the Raiders needed those picks more than they needed a 29-year-old superstar wide receiver. That team mm. wrote about it before the year, wrote about it at the time of that trade. That team had an inflated record last year because they got a bunch of either COVID-influenced quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks towards the end of that season and won a bunch of close games. They're like 0-5 in one-score games this year after being so good in those same games a year ago. And so I think the Raiders did not do a good job of self-scouting, not do a good job of recognizing where they were relative to the rest of that division, and sort of got stuck saying, okay, well, we need a star to compete because all these other teams are good. And the reality is, as good as Devontae Adams is, it didn't get them where they needed to be in terms of their talent level on that so roster. Sad. 
It just feels like uh, as a as a Raiders fan, if they exist, you just you just got smothered under a fact avalanche from Bill no, Barnwell. Dom, just so uncomfortable. I was about to say Raiders Ugh. fans now having nightmares about Bill oh, Barnwell. God. That was so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was like an avalanche, just rock. Nothing upon you rock. thought was good yeah. was ever good. And, and also, I already you told had, you this. I told, I told you, you this, this off season that this was going to be garbage. Now take all these rocks. You know um, what? The question was, will be different? And I can, I'll save you guys. I'll try some word economy. Where's the S? If the S is still in Vegas, y'all still Dominique, getting the L's. Dominique, Bill just stole the S. Bill can use that S wherever he likes. It's okay. Go. No, hold on. I have a question. If Devontae Adams was Devontae Adam, oh, do you I think, think- he- do you think he becomes an NFL player? I, I think, think the problem does. the problem might be too many S's. Too many S's. That might mm. be the problem. Okay, so our last topic is one that me and Dominique Foxworth were both very wrong about, which is the Bears offense and Justin Fields. Mm. And he has turned the season around even though they lost today to the Dolphins. My question to you, do you think Justin Fields is the best quarterback from the once vaunted 2021 <laughs> quarterback class? We all thought he was really good. And mm-hmm. that was part of the reason why we were critical of the way that they like handled their roster leading up to this season and previous to the season. So he's showing it. And they've taken a while to figure out that maybe letting him run a little bit will help. And he looks like a, a piece, a good centerpiece to build around. The problem is they wasted so, so much time already that mm-hmm. that rookie deal is already halfway burnt up. Halfway. <laughs> yeah, see, Bill, I'm kind of disappointed, man. Dominique's diplomacy here. Like, I, I, I figured there was a route to just triple down mm-hmm. on Justin Fields being mismanaged. The Bears mm-hmm. did lose this game, you know. Like, and now we have this list of quarterbacks we're supposed to compare him to. And I want to refresh your memory, Bill. That does not need refreshing. But mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey mm-hmm. Lance, Mac Jones, Kyle, Kyle Trask. My God, um, he's on there Te- too. Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. <laughs> is that one man or you just combined several quarterbacks into one superman that is uh That's right. capable of posting a 75 passer rating if called on <laughs> in, in america's time of need I, that's a very useless superhero but sure we can have that guy i i the thing i think about is this like three weeks ago as a nation we watched that bears commanders game where they just looked like a total mess on offense and they've been so much better the past three weeks. And yes, they upped their play action rate, and that stuff does matter. Chase Claypool did not have a meaningful role in this game, but you figure as Chase Claypool's time goes on, he's going to be a bigger part of that offense. But like, how much of what's changed between three weeks ago and right now is not Justin Fields getting better at quarterback, not Justin Fields feeling more comfortable in the scheme, but more just Justin Fields just making shit up and doing things on the fly and being really good at doing so. And I think... That's the thing that I think maybe is exciting if you're a Bears fan, and maybe also troubling if you think he's working within the context of the system, is that I wonder how much of it is just that Justin Fields is incredible, and maybe he's constrained by the lack of talent and the the sort of middling offense around him, and he has to transcend that to succeed, which is so hard for any quarterback to do. For the podcast audience, what you're not seeing is Dominique and Alabaster's eyes lighting up with takes rekindled. Yes. If that's if that's if that's where we're going, right? The idea no, I is actually was going to defend in spite of I was going to defend the, the coaching staff and say that I mean his coming out party, so to speak, was uh, that Monday night game against the Patriots, where the coaches did decide to do a lot of design runs, which was not all like 
Justin Fields making shit up. It was them deciding to like actually do design runs. To be fair though, in that game, his numbers came out really well. He played really well, but he also like threw the ball at the wrong guys. And that was one he of those fumbled. kind of yeah, like four times in that game, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those things that, like, we that game could have gone entirely differently. But in this game against Miami, it was a mm-hmm. lot of Justin Fields saying, "You know, my back. Right. <laughs> Let's just make this happen." <laughs> so that's not sustainable. That's not going to win you any championships. But if the question, if the hardest thing to find in football is a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. it feels promising that he's shown in several weeks in a row that he can be that. Okay, there's a stat here that he now leads the NFC North in QBR. Okay, that's a trick stat. That. That's what that is. That's called a trick yeah. stat. Yeah, <laughs> run through that list of quarterbacks. Um, one of them did weigh um, like 50 pounds more in chains after being the commanders today. So I guess that qualifies as something. Oh, there it is. Wow, we have it. <laughs> that is a man who has $200 million in the bank dancing. That is a man who does not care about being cool because he can he can buy the plane that they're taking home to that game. <laughs> Good for him. I'm happy right. for him. And then the other person that we can talk about in that division is Aaron Rodgers, who, uh, uh, do we have to? Okay, like, yeah. No, we like, don't have to. Moving on. <laughs> like, wow. I, I mean, is there like a card wow. I can play here that gets us out of that conversation? Yes. <laughs> Just command deleting Aaron Rodgers into the trash. I want to. I want to point out though, he has an S. At the end of his last name, Ooh. Aaron Rodgers for the second half of the season. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's too much. These S's, we figured something out, guys. Open your third eye, which yeah, would have been okay. funny a couple weeks ago, and now it's just sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. That's really the whole is. Aaron Rodgers debate. I mean, like, are you – do you think Justin Fields has grown up so much in the past three weeks that – your opinion of Fields has shifted at all? It shifted dramatically? Like, well, like, well where can, do you can I ask it? Can I ask it this way? Because sure. Alabaster is trying to get us to answer this question. And the question seems to be, is he better than Trevor Lawrence? Are we just of the agreement that that is where we are now? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is we've thrown away last season for both of them, right? Yep. As we've been willing to say, hey, your coaches and your situation was so bad, we're not going to count it. Yeah. And for they both kind of had up and down performances in this season. So yeah. picking someone between the two of them that is better is really hard to do considering uh, how up and down they've been. So, yeah, they're better than everybody else. But yeah. those two, still a question is out there. I mean, Trey Lance, we don't know. Trey Lance has played yeah. basically no football and is going to be entering his third season. We don't even know what team he's going to play for next year, let alone if he's going to be a great mm. quarterback. So you rule him out. Mac Jones, I mean, doesn't look like Mac Jones is getting much better. He was okay in this game against the Colts, but it wasn't like, you know, they were moving the ball in a situation where they had their defense just totally stifling Sam Ellinger. And, I mean, at this point, I think you would say Zach Wilson had stretches in this game where he was okay, but Zach Wilson's also looked absolutely horrific more often this year than Fields or Lawrence. I think think it's a two-man race at this point, and I think – it, it, Lawrence to me is still the better player. Like I think he does more as a passer than Fields does, but I think Fields has the ability to single-handedly win games in a way that I don't think Lawrence has. Yeah, mm. I don't want well, either of them. I'll take Patrick Mahomes, please. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> one, yeah. one Mahomes, please. Yeah, that's it. Just one. I don't need two. Just one Mahomes, please. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, God. I really hope Patrick Mahomes throws like five interceptions uh, in the course what, of this what, show. Finishing. What, a, what a sicko you are. 
<laughs> Prosecco with five S's. Yeah, Pablo's right. Torre. <laughs> yes, put the S on it. Thank you for not calling me Pablo Torres, which is the usual place the S goes, which happens to me like three times a week, honestly. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. How? I, mean, it, uh, I got it called goes, um, Will Smith Torres, last Pedro- week. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, it was an old did lady. You slap, was... Did you slap someone in the face? <laughs> yeah, no. Did, did, 